Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And Eli Roth returns to Talk is Jericho, his sixth appearance here on the show, I think. This time he's talking about something very serious. It's his new horror film of sorts, but this one is real. A documentary called Finn that chronicles the horror that is the shark fin trade industry. It's streaming now on Discovery+. Plus. This is a much-watch it's very uh, disturbing and very real. 275,000 sharks are killed each year primarily for one reason, to remove their fin to then make shark fin soup. It's an atrocity. It's leading sharks down a path to extinction. And Eli, along with the help of a couple of his A-list friends, Leonardo DiCaprio and actress Nina Dobrev, are trying to prevent that from happening. The plight of the sharks and the horrific ways in which they're being fished and killed is documented in Finn. The documentary also puts to rest some common misconceptions about sharks. They're not human predators, and they definitely aren't hunting human flesh. It shines a spotlight on the fishing tournaments in the United States that are also contributing to the shark's demise. You'll hear the disservice that the movie Jaws has done to the plight of sharks over the last almost 50 years. And the way the fishing industry continues to exploit that to their advantage. And most importantly, what you can do to help save the sharks and the oceans. Finthemovie.com is information on how you can help and you must help. Uh, we got to save the oceans or the whole... Uh, ecosystem can go down the drain uh finthemovie.com shows you where you can help and where and how to download the discovery plus app so you can watch this very very eye-opening documentary eli roth and finn are coming up and so is Fozzie's save the world tour we got another festival date before the tour really gets going in sheboygan wisconsin at brat days on august 7th and then the save the world tour starts in columbus on september 2nd Joliet on the 3rd, Belvedere on the 4th. If you're coming to the Chicago area for uh, Double or Nothing uh, in Chicago, uh, AW, we are just down the road. Joliet is about an hour from Chicago. Belvedere is about two hours. So if you're coming for the AW pay-per-view and from Dynamite, you might want to check out the Fozzie shows as well. So many more shows. Go to FozzieRock.com for all tickets and VIP. Johnson City, Cleveland, Flint, Pittsburgh, uh, Iowa City all sold out, and almost all the VIPs are sold out. I think there's only half a dozen uh, cities that have VIPs available. So go to FozzyRock.com right now to look for tickets and VIP info. And don't forget, we're also headed to Europe starting November 30th in Manchester, England. We're going to Newcastle, Glasgow, Dublin, Belfast, London, uh, Birmingham. Swansea is sold out. Nottingham is sold out. Lots of action going on. Go to FozzyRock.com and be a part of the movement. And also Sane has become our fifth consecutive top uh, 20 single uh, in a row. So it's a very, very cool time for Fozzie and a cool time for you to be listening to uh, the plight of the Sharks and what uh, director Eli Roth is going to do to help save them right here on Talk is Jericho now. Good friend Eli Roth back on Talk is Jericho. I think it's the fifth time you've been on. Am I in the five? Is this making me the five-timers club? Is that, is that like... Yeah, the- you're... It's like, like a satellite Alec live Ball. when they, yeah, yeah, like Alec Ball and Steve Martin when they are in the five, you know, <laughs> posted five times. <laughs> but the reason is you've always got, we always have fun subjects to discuss and you always have cool projects. And and, and this one, I remember you told me about it like a year ago, uh, talking about Finn, uh, the documentary that you just released. And you always have a lot of cool things and stuff going on. So I kind of forgot about it. And then just out of nowhere, you hit me up. Hey, Finn is coming out. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I vaguely remember this. Watch the documentary and it blew my mind because it really is kind of this next step. Like you started on Green Inferno 
of Eli Roth becoming almost like a modern day Werner Herzog of being a director that's fearless to find what he needs to find and get what he needs to get. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate that because I don't, I certainly will take the Herzog comparison and he's one of my <laughs> heroes, but it's funny because Green Inferno was basically about kind of activism, lazy activism and social justice warriors that just want to do the ones that want to do the bare minimum. Like they'll read a tweet and then get super involved and then just go back to their life. You know, they don't really care. They just want to look like they care. So that's what the movie was commenting on. But then I was like, I don't want to be, be one of those. If I'm actually going to make a movie about shark finning, which I learned about, you know, I, I was, they asked me to host some stuff on shark week and they sent me on a dive and I, it just blew my mind how much sharks were like dogs. I mean, I had everything that I believed fundamentally about sharks was completely wrong. And that it's, it's rare that that happens where you have like a before and after moment in your life where everything you believed and then you do some, you're like your whole foundation shifts. And then I found out we're killing a hundred million of them a year. And now I've heard it's as high as 273 million. And you're like, oh that's gosh. not, how's that possible? They 11,000 an hour and sharks. Then I learned to take between nine and 18 years to reach sexual maturity. They sort of reproduce like humans. They have about seven or eight offspring. I was like, they're, they're all going to get killed. They're going to be gone. And I'm, and so I started asking the scientists, like, when do you think this is irreversible? And they think, they're like, this could happen within 10 years. They could be completely like un irreversible. So I said, I want to at least make a movie investigating this. And it took me down this like five-year journey where I realized the fins are just part of it. It's basically we people were cutting off the fins and then throwing in the shark and the shark drowns. But so what happened was they said, well, you got to land the whole shark. But what that actually did was it created all these other horrible industries like shark cartilage pills, shark liver oil, meat that's sold in supermarkets to children in Florida, unlabeled as shark and has 32 times the mercury you're allowed to eat. Pregnant women eat it, kids eat it, it's causing brain damage, impotence. Like it's, it's all so bad and there's so much money behind it, but basically none of it is needed. And I just kept thinking, you know, 50 years ago, the whole world got together and said, we need to save whales. And then we did it for orcas with blackfish. And really, if we don't do it for sharks now, if we don't all say, this is insane. We have to stop the entire shark trade. There is no sustainable shark industry. It's a lie that's put out there by the fishing industry. They're going to be gone and our kids aren't going to have clean oceans. I mean, the ocean produces half our oxygen and the shark's function in nature is to keep the right. ocean clean. So the whole thing is just insane. I, I said, what can I do about it? I can put out basically a horror movie about it, but not even make it scary, just tell the facts as they really are. Well, there's so many things that from a personal standpoint, I don't know if I told you this, but my son, Ash has been interested in sharks basically since he was two years old. I actually even called my publicist at the time and said, you got to get this kid on The Tonight Show because he can name every type of shark. Nurse shark, wall and gang shark, cookie cutter shark, lemon shark, nurse shark. So we've always been kind of a shark-friendly household. Then, I don't even know if I've told you this, much like you, two or three years ago, we went and got certified. So he and I have been on 10 dives together. Oh, I didn't and we know that. Have you gone diving with sharks? Yes. We haven't gone diving with sharks, but we've seen sharks countless times. And the one thing that you pointed out that a lot of people don't know is sharks are cool as f I know. Like they come by and it's, listen, you know. Someone, someone referred to them as the stoners of the sea. And they are. They're all like <laughs> surfers. Like they're really, they're really chill and people don't believe it. And that's why in the documentary, I get in the water. I was in the right. water where they're throwing chum around me. I've been in the water with my hands sliced open. I went in with great and great whites. You they're protected, so you have to go in with a cage. But with tiger sharks, nothing. And they are so cautious and so gentle. And the only it's like no, they're never going to make the news if it's like, hey, shark did nothing today. 
It's like the news that's yeah, exciting right, 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 right. shark attack. And by the way, the fishing industry loves that. They want you to be terrified. They want everyone to be terrified of sharks so that everyone's sort of quietly okay with them being killed. But the truth is that sharks are very scared of us that we've, I ask anyone, have you ever seen a shark in the water? They'll say no, but you've all been in the water with the sharks and they've all seen you. They're just staying away because if you go up to a shark and you blow bubbles, the shark will freak out and swim away. Like they really get very scared of us. And when they bite, they're not eating you. They think it's a fish. Their, their function is to kill. They don't go after healthy fish. I looked at sharks and there were, there were seals hanging onto the tail of the shark, just chilling and swimming around. The shark won't go for the healthy seal because the seal's too fast. But if a seal is injured, the great whites are ambush predators. So they get them when they're you know not looking. But mainly when a sick when a, a fish is sick or it's dying or it's flapping around, that's when a shark gets it. They, they've been around for 400 million years. They're like the perfect hunter. So they don't waste energy going after stuff unless they're certain they can catch it. But the truth is that it's like, look at kids are so non-judgmental. Like look at the number one song in the world ever is that song Baby Shark. <laughs> now right. that is about children relate to sharks as mommy shark, daddy shark. They see parents and kids. They don't see man eater. They're like, that's a mother. And when I was making the first day I was shooting, we got out in the boat in Mexico and the fisherman pulls up a make and I'm like, please let me buy it. He pulls out a baseball bat and beats it to death in front of me. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And then we go and then we're in the boat and the smell was unlike, I, I had no frame of reference. It wasn't like a dead fish smell. It was a rotting dead shark. So, I mean, they were just all there. And then they cut one open and it was pregnant and they take out uh, babies yeah. and the babies are probably two weeks. They're Makos probably two weeks from coming into the world. And all I could think of was that stupid baby shark song. And I almost put it in the movie, but I didn't want it to seem like flippant, but like you're just joke, like, yeah. you're just like, this is a mother that was trying to give birth to his kids. They yeah. drop the line in and the shark bites it and then they're stuck and then they drown. And like, what are we doing? And then you go look at, and then they're sliced. And the fin gets sold for 20 bucks and that's the end of the shark. Then I go to the Bahamas where the sharks are protected and they've made close to a billion dollars in shark dive tourism. Like you and Ash going to the Bahamas, they've, they've targeted, they've estimated one single shark can earn $250,000 in tourism in its lifetime. So in wow. Florida, you have, you know, it's the number one traded place for shark fin and Marco Rubio blocked it. So that's why now there's, there's a whole thing of, of, uh, the Shark Fin Sales Elimination Act. If you go on finthemovie.com, I put a button right at the top going, write your rep, because it passed the Senate and it can pass the House. But if if Florida flipped from killing sharks, which makes the shark fin industry basically makes a million dollars a year for fishermen, the shark tourism, this is in Florida, tourism in Florida makes something like $250 million and it's sustainable and evergreen. So you're just like, why are we killing all of our sharks when if you get in the water with them, you can fall in love with them. You can see that they're not monsters. You fight to protect them. And it's an evergreen. Like there's there's actually a gold mine. If you want to talk about making money, there's there's literally a dwindling supply that will be at zero in five to 10 years for all of the shark industry or an evergreen industry that's actually great for the planet that gets everyone to care that can generate billions in shark tourism. So it, it was incredible what I learned, but there's so much money that the fishing industry spends to buy off politicians and to buy off scientists. There were, I, I mean, there were scientists I interviewed and someone's like, well, you know who pays for their lab? It's actually the fishing industry. That's why they're oh, saying geez. it's sustainable. I was like, oh, dude, it's so, their tentacles are so deep in the, that they're, they've bought off everybody because they want to keep the industry of death going. But it's every country. It's not just China. It's basically yeah. every country sells their fins to China, sells them to Asia, kills them to soup. And, and there's, 
I mean, 300 different products that are sold on Amazon. FedEx, Federal Express is the only carrier that still ships shark. DHL and UPS stopped shipping shark fin. FedEx will not. There were petitions that Wild Aid started, that Oceans Asia started. No, FedEx is still shipping shark. So until everyone starts targeting FedEx going, why are you are making money off the death of a species that's going to affect us all? Basically, FedEx is getting rich. Amazon is getting rich. Vitamin Shop and GNC that are selling the shark cartilage pills, which are horrible for you and actually cause inflammation. And that's when we go into the movie. I found out, I was like, why is there this shark industry? Well, this guy wrote a book called Sharks Don't Get Cancer, which is complete nonsense. It's completely made up. (laughs) The guy was not a scientist. He's like, doctor, so-and-so. Well, coincidentally, two weeks after his book comes out, he launched a line of shark pills. And in 1990, this wasn't a big deal. It's like, yeah, the sharks were doing fine. But really in the last 20 years, since China has gotten money, since people have gotten rich and they're spending, you know, they're spending it as this luxury item. That's when the sharks in the last 20 years, like 2 billion sharks have been taken out of the water. And what really blew my mind was that the soup has no taste. And when I say no taste, I don't mean it's a taste that I don't like. It's like plastic. It's like fishing line or fingernail. It literally, it's cartilage. Mm. It's the same Mm. stuff that's in your fingernails. There is no taste to it. They have to soak it in chicken stock and pig stock just to even give it a flavor of some sort, but really it's just the texture. And there's a vegetarian gelatin alternate that tastes identical. There's a plant-based one. Like, so the whole industry is just a big lie. And, um, you know, now there are these fishing tournaments that are in Florida. They happen in Texas, Mississippi. There was one, the one that's in the movie was happening again in Fairhaven, Massachusetts. People started complaining, going after them since Tuesday, since the movie came out, they canceled it. And now in Newburyport, Massachusetts, there's another one coming up on July 22nd and people are going after them going, why are you Bass Pro Shops? They they advertise the New England Patriots on their site. Like, I don't know if the Patriots sponsor it or if they're just being used on the site or if they really know what it is. But basically, everyone makes it seem like it's this wholesome, fun family activity. And then if you complain about it, they go, well, you're going after fishermen's rights. It's like, these are doctors. Like, we're not eating this stuff. This is just trophy hunting. So basically, no one wants to really acknowledge how bad it is because it means they'd have to change their behavior. And that's what we're really asking everyone to do going, this isn't about, you know, this. then they go, oh, you liberals, Hollywood. It's not about liberal, Republican. It's nothing. It's about the future of the ocean for our children, that that's it. That's all this is. And we're just killing them all. And if we don't stop, they'll be gone. I mean, the problem will solve itself. In 10 years, there won't be anything left to even argue about. So that's why I made it. Well, you touched on so many things there, but I want to kind of go back a bit and just kind of finish up. Like you said, sharks in the water, they're very curious, they're very cool. You had a great point that you show at the beginning on how the movie Jaws really was a death sentence for sharks to this day. The, the, the way that they portrayed that great white people were terrified of sharks and think that if you go in the water, sharks will just come and eat you. I mean, it's amazing how that has affected the psyche of our entire generation just from this one two-hour movie that was made almost 50 years ago, 45 years ago. We are the Jaws generation, and the Jaws generation has to be the one that go, that was just a movie. The thing is, in 1970, first of all, Peter Benchley, who wrote the book, we almost put this quote in the movie. He said, if I had known the damage my book would have caused to sharks, I never would have written it. He said that at the end of his life, because I regret writing the book, if I knew the damage this would cause to sharks. Now, I don't think we can blame Jaws because at the time, no one was making money from killing sharks. It was just, you kill a shark. They were terrifying because of that movie. 
However, once the industry started and people started realizing that they could make money from killing sharks, they were more than happy to push that image out there and push the image of the shark as terrifying because then everyone's like, good, less sharks in the water. It's better for us. We won't get eaten. Sharks don't eat. I mean, seven people a year die from a shark bite and the shark isn't eating you. It thinks you're right. a fish and then it releases. More people are killed by vending machines from like getting a Coke and the thing goes slams, the machine crushes the It's like 36 people a year. More people, <laughs> like 150 people a year are killed from armed three-year-olds. You, you are more likely to get shot by a two-year-old <laughs> wow. than a shark. I mean, there's so many stats that you're just like, really, like it's not going to happen. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm not saying it's not tragic when it does, but it doesn't mean we should eradicate the species. It's like, oh, I got stung by a bee. Let's kill all the bees. It doesn't work that way. Right. So it's, it's really interesting how Jaws, but I make a point to say that it's not Jaws. It's that we all go into the health store and we see shark cartilage pills and we put them back on the shelf without telling the manager, why are you selling this? Like that's what's killing it is that we all sort of tacitly let it happen because nobody knows it's bad because the fishing industry has spent hundreds of millions of dollars to make us, they've socially engineered all of us to be terrified of sharks and to think that there's no problem and that populations are healthy and it's totally sustainable. It's like the tobacco industry. Like remember in the fifties when they were like, have a cigarette after dinner, it's good and healthy. And then remember too, when we were, <laughs> when we were teenagers, remember having to request the non-smoking section of an airplane. Oh yeah. Dude, and if you had to go in the bathroom in the back, you had to walk past six rows of people smoking. <laughs> this was on a commercial airline. So like right. we forget that Pac-Man machines had ashtrays built into them. Right. Like right, right, when right. you watched the kid that was awesome <laughs> at Donkey Kong, you were like a little kid. You were just ingesting the cigarette smoke. So we think back now that that behavior is so insane but at the time, it was normal. Hopefully, a few years from now, we can look back and go, how is it possible that we were eating shark as some sort of health product when it's so bad for us and you know, even worse for them? So I just think that now it's like we have to acknowledge that Jaws is just a movie, and that's fine. And I think everyone – what's cool is that Joe Romero, everyone that I've met that's into sharks is into sharks because of Jaws. Like I say it in the movie. I, I was terrified of them. But now I think – we don't. We didn't have social media back then. We didn't have YouTube. We didn't have Instagram. We didn't follow other shark activist influencers. We didn't have Ocean Ramsey or Shark Girl Madison. Now I think we're all smart enough to know that that is a movie which we can enjoy and love. It's one of the greatest movies of all time, which I still do. But really, also see that the real dark side is that there's this entire industry that's going on. That FedEx, that airlines, United Airlines is still shipping shark. Why? I mean, why don't we? Why don't we all say, "What are you doing? Stop shipping shark." Because the shark has to move somewhere. Maersk carriers said they stop shipping shark. Like China Air doesn't ship shark. There's a lot. There's a lot of airlines that are like, we won't do it. Even the you know the government of China is like, we're going to stop serving shark at you know official dinners. So like when the Chinese government stopped, it's really it was Jackie Chan and Wild Aid and Yao Ming and oh, a lot really? of people spoke up. Yeah, the younger generation in China is very against it. I, it's not a Chinese problem. It's the older people in China that are doing it as a status symbol. But a lot of young people say we absolutely refuse to have it at our wedding, we won't eat it. So there's, there's a very conscientious group of, you know, our generation there. But, you know, there's still a lot of money being made. I, I just think people need to be, it's, it's incredible what can happen just on Twitter and Instagram going at these companies. I and mean, they really, they really panic about boycotts. So people don't realize the power they have, and they're starting to. Like when we got that canceled, right. we, we got that tournament canceled in less than 12 hours. Everyone just went after them and went after the sponsors. Every sponsor wrote me back going, we're pulling out. We have nothing to do with this. We watched your movie. We're not doing it. 
and they were gone and their Facebook page deleted. They were, and then even the Newburyport one shut their comments. They shut their website. And now I have people writing me going, please, it's only catch and release, like catch and release. Really? You're going to drag an animal 40 miles an hour on a hook and they're going to be fine. Like, like when you catch a shark and turn it upside down, it's stomach distends, it vomits its guts out. You can throw it back. Oh, wow. they, they drown. Like most of the sharks, first, they're not scientists. I'm not saying fishermen don't know how to catch a shark, but like I have marine biologists like Neil Hammerschlag and Boris Worm, like the experts that I interviewed, they know how to go in the water, bring in a shark, have the net, have a team, tag it, release it, special hooks that, you know, that won't get stuck in the mouth, but they can do it. Tag. Like, if you're a scientist that studies these animals, you can tag a shark. Having these people, the boats catching them, they're like, well, only five died last year. It's like, the ones they're catching are the ones of breeding age. You're, you're only killing the ones that are large enough and old enough to possibly have offspring. And you're setting an example that this is family fun. Like, and then they go, well, we gave the meat to a homeless shelter, which they can't because you need a license <laughs> to do that. You get, and by the way, I watched it last year. These guys were like, I go, what do you do with the meat? They go, we give it to the homeless. I'm like, really? So you're in a homeless shelter and they bring this like rotting dead mako that's been sitting in the concrete. And they're like, here you go. Here's dinner, guys. Eat up. It's this poisonous, disgusting, <laughs> right. rotting fish and, and of course you can't even do that you can donate food you can't give meat to a homeless shelter unless it's been tested and you have a license to do that most of it it's thrown out or turned into fertilizer like there's trucks where they're like yeah we just give it to a fertilizer company we just chop it up it's like the the whole thing is the, the whole idea is that we need to say they're not our toys it's not cool like to brag about getting a 13 foot tiger shark out of the water because you look cool it's everybody just wants to look cool on facebook which is sad in and of itself because right. they're fucking boomers. They still think Facebook's cool, but they're literally doing it on Facebook. <laughs> and the tournament is that uh, they're they're pulling the sharks out of the water. Explain exactly what the tournament is. It's like a fishing tournament? It's a fishing tournament of who can catch the largest shark. Now, they say, well, we throw the babies back. But really, Joe Romero, these guys have been out on the boats. They're like, they're catching babies and beating them with a baseball bat and throwing them back in. I mean, catch a shark safely, get the hook out of its mouth throw it back in the water. Good luck with that. With no one policing you out in the middle of the water, not happening. Well, the things are hanging there too. There's no way they're still alive when they're, they're hanging not alive. there. The no, they're, the most, they're taking they're, pictures of them. They're kill tournaments. That's what they are. It's yeah. that everybody, yeah. they're killing sharks. And then what they do, here's what they do. There's the, the organization NOAA, N-O-A-A, which is doing all the ocean, the government organization doing all the ocean studies. They'll invite the scientists from NOAA and say, hey, we're doing a kill tournament. Do you want to come and just take the samples of the shark and get your measurements and see the boat? And so the no scientists are like, well, they're killing them anyways. We're not catching them. Let's just might as well make might as well get some use out of it. It's like when, you know, remember when the Nazis were like, well, it's like NASA used the data from the Nazis before they sent a astronauts. Like, well, they did these experiments <laughs> on people. Might as well. It's like they they take they invite the no scientists and then they go, look, it's for science. See, Noah's here. So Noah is getting used by these tournaments to sanction this horrible, like it's devastating. And you know who loses out? We do. The sharks don't belong to them. Sharks don't belong to fishermen. Sharks don't belong to anyone. They're your sharks. They're my sharks. Everyone that's listening, they are your sharks. And they are none of our sharks. They belong in the water and they belong to everybody and they belong to nobody. So the idea that these people are pulling our best wildlife out of the water to take a photo with them and then give each other a thousand dollars and say, yay, it's for science is totally absurd. And you now have, it's, it's become like a local activity. So when you complain about it, they're like, well, you're against fishermen, you're against the community, they pull out all those old tropes. But my, my point is, none of this is for food, you're doing this for fun. And this has to stop because it's devastating. I mean, they have in Montauk, 
they have Mako Mania that's going on. They're in Montauk. The there's there's the Star Tournament. I mean, you have 150 boats out in the water for five days killing sharks. Of who can win the best? It's like, and this is every single weekend. So when all up and down the East Coast, it's Massachusetts, New Jersey, down to Galveston, Texas, Mississippi, Mako Mania. It's just it's all all got to stop. So what I want to do is really start organizing all the fans and just go tournament by tournament, just going to the sponsors and going to the towns and going, how can you allow this? Like, this isn't okay. We, we all, basically, we just have to say, you know what? 50 years ago, we saved whales. Like, like we had orcas in SeaWorld because we thought it was a fun thing to do until someone made blackfish and we went, oh my God, this is right. insane. Like, orcas are these like incredible, smart, beautiful, sensitive animals and we're putting them in tanks for our entertainment to make them do tricks. Like, what are we? The circus stops because we're like, we're taking these animals and making them do tricks right. to entertain us. Like at a certain point, we have to go, you know what? We have cell phones, we have video games, we have social media. We can entertain ourselves in a lot <laughs> of different ways. There's a lot of things you can do outdoors other than killing sharks and our lives will still be very fulfilled. So it's just a matter of, you know, getting people to, you can't vilify people because they don't know. It's just sort of getting them to under, I mean, that's the point of the other point of the movie is I don't go after fishermen. I don't go after going, how could you do this? It's like, I sit down with the shark traders in China. I'm like, where do you think this ends? Like, this isn't, there's a dwindling supply here. Like, what are you going to do when this is over? And they, and it's interesting. They all blame, they go, well, if you still cut, if you stop the finning, they'll still take the liver oil and liver oil. People are like, well, we're just getting the liver oil because they're finning. And then the thing, yeah. they're like, well, they're still taking the meat and the meat people are like, yeah, but I mean, they took the liver oil and the fins. What else are we going to do? I, and the cartilage people are like, look, they're taking the liver oil, the meat, the fins. We're just getting the cartilage. Like everyone has their, you know, everyone's hands are dirty and they're all just pointing the finger at each other. So that's why it's, it is this whole thing. And the tournaments are another component of that, of all weekend, all summer. I mean, I went out in, in the North Atlantic for two days at high season, chumming the waters, and we didn't see a single shark. Now, that could be a coincidence, but the driver of the boat was like, it's never happened before. He's like, this used to be, you'd see like 50 sharks a day. He goes, you don't see no sharks. This is migration season. He's like, something's going on. I don't know what to tell you. We're sitting on a boat, chumming the water for hours, and there's nothing. And that's what's happened is the boats are going out. Day two, there's no sharks. It's like, why do you think? And then they go, oh, it's no problem. It's sustainable. It's catch and release. It's, it's all terrible. So until people really start to speak up, it's just going to keep happening. When you talk about, uh, you mentioned the shark fin soup and how I thought it was interesting how it's kind of the, a Chinese tradition for weddings because that's what the emperor used to eat. So it was a status symbol, even though it tastes like shit. And even though it's ridiculous, having it meant that you had some money. Or something along those lines. Well, what's crazy, I dug, I really dug into that because I was like, where does this come from? Uh, and, the, and this was in the year 800. The emperor said, I'm going to eat a shark because the shark was the fastest, strongest animal. And I'm going to show that I'm stronger than a shark. So basically, <laughs> this happened around the year 800. In the 1960s, the hotels in China were like, what if we start serving shark fin soup to get people to come and do your wedding? at our hotel because we serve shark fin soup and you can eat like the emperor. It was literally Jeez. a marketing gimmick from the sixties. It's like in the seven, in the 1930s when the sugar got really threatened or in the seventies when they got really threatened, the sugar industry, you know, th that book, the case Against sugar, they talk about how the sugar lobbyists got together and they created Valentine's day to sell candy. And they started using sweetie 
sugar giving chocolate. Oh, yeah, yeah. They got co-opted into romance that there was a huge propaganda of honey, sweetie, sugar, that like let's let's merge sugar and dating instead everyone associates chocolate and romance. <laughs> it was like an actual marketing ploy by the sugar industry. So we realized that like then then that was in like the 60s and it wasn't really a problem. But basically what happened is after World War II, all of the in military vessels got turned into fishing vessels. So they had this explosive power that they never had before where you could just wipe out wipe out colonies because all of these ships that were warships got converted to fishing ships. Well, this wasn't really a problem until the 90s and the 2000s when, when China really became an economic power and people started getting money and they started demanding the shark fin soup and it cost $100 a bowl and they'd have it a wedding to go, look how much money I have. It's like the Tabuata trade in, you know, in Mexico where they have like the bladder of this one fish. There's only 15 of them left is more valuable than cocaine because someone's like it has properties that like make you, you know, super potent. It's like insanity. It's actual insanity. Right, 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 so right, the right. fish started as a marketing gimmick and then people started doing it and then it caught on. It's like, well, I want to eat the shark fin soup, even though it's actually causes dementia and impotence. Like we show that to get it to look clean, they have to scrub it with, first of all, Gary Stokes at Oceans Asia put out a, his new campaign that's out, if you go on his Instagram, called Gutter Food, where we went there and we looked and there was, the fins were lying out in the street, like in dog shit and cigarettes, the same yeah, ones. Like, they take them on rooftops, they dry them in the street, like it's like literally in the gutter, dogs pissing on them. Yeah. Then they take them and they scrub them with bleach, like actual same bleach you'd clean your toilet with and clean your clothes with. Same thing with scrub. Then it's like rehydrated and dehydrated and then it's put in soaked with pork stop and then people are like, oh, the texture is great. It doesn't even have taste. It's like, it's so, so basically this thing that started as a status symbol has turned, it's like, it's maintained this, this symbol for older people to be like, look how rich I am. And that's literally what it is. And everyone else in the world is like, Ooh, let's sell our fins to them. Cause they're, they're dumb enough to spend money on it. Now the young people in China are going, this is insane. We don't want to be associated with this. We refuse to eat it. We're very against it. We speak out against it. A lot of celebrities, Jackie Chan, Yao Ming, there's a lot of people that have come out, you know, Chinese and Hong Kong stars that have said no more shark, but the industry is making so much money and they're so powerful. The fishing lobby, they bought off, they bought off the EU. That's when I found out these illegal fishing vessels will go into Africa and suck up. They go where they can't really get caught and they just suck up all of the fish. They're from Spain. There's kind of these Spanish mafia run boats. They call them the Galician mafia. And then I found out that the EU is part of it. The EU is subsidizing the fuel. EU is just giving, they're like, well, everybody needs fish. So just we'll give them money for fuel and they'll go in and suck up everything. I mean, the, the whole thing is so corrupt. It just makes you feel helpless until you start using your voice. And then you realize that, you know, there is power in numbers and that the only way this is going to change is if we vote with our dollars, really. That's that's what it comes down to. You um, and I, I know you from your films of the past and I know you as a person, you uh, on purpose, I'm assuming, kept showing these fins get cut off the shark cut 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 and it just it burns into your brain it's like you could have shown it once or twice and you get the point but you keep hammering this fin getting cut off the shark getting thrown back in with no fins it's a brutal image it's very um i don't even know what the word i'm looking for but but it really leaves its mark when you see this it's disturbing that's the word it's very disturbing and, and like I said, it really tattoos my memory uh, about this movie. Well, thank you. I mean, look, I, I don't want to, 
you know, make the safe version of the movie. You know, I, I, like, obviously I like being provocative and pushing buttons in my horror films and I always wanted to, my own dream is always to make the movie go, where you go, oh, I couldn't watch that. That was too gross. Like, you know, we wanted to have the blood sucking freaks moment where you come to school and go, oh, they drill the brains and suck the straw. Like that was my goal was to basically create, yeah. create that. But then as I was doing the movie, you know, I completely lost objectivity on what's too much. I mean, that's, you know, two or three years of editing the film to get the balance right. I still don't know if I got it right, but it was actually Leonardo DiCaprio who's like, you have to cut back on, he goes, it's got to be one thing of being informative and it, nobody wants to watch animal cruelty and animal abuse because you've got to show it. But if you just go, he goes a little of it goes such a long way. So this was like the cut down version of what I had, but there's one image in the movie that was the most shocking thing I'd ever seen. And that's a whale shark that's being just sliced down the middle while it's still alive and they that cut it open, you see its mouth and you see its eyes and all these people are cheering it on. And there's two people with like, it's like they're chopping down a tree. Oh, it's terrible. And then it's the terrible. water spills out. I was like, that's me. And then seeing this, but then there's the seal pup. And the thing is sharks don't have faces. Like there's the one image of the seal pup caught in the net that everyone remembers. Like, oh my God, because it has a face. You can't, you can't relate to a shark's emotions. You can't read its expression because they're communicating so differently. They like, move in little mouth gapes. That's how they talk to each other and the way their fins move. That's how you can tell. So you're never going to read, you know, it's hard to read fear on a shark's face. So that's why it's like a snake. You know, we don't relate to reptiles or sharks because they don't express the things like we could see a monkey or a giraffe or an elephant and really understand its emotions, but a shark, you yeah. can't. So that one image, I was like, this is the most awful thing I've ever seen, but people have to know that like, that this is what's happening. This is what people are doing. And that these are mothers. These are, these are like animals trying to survive in the wild that don't want anything to do. And their actual function in nature is to keep the ocean healthy for us. It's like without them, the algae blooms, we, we won't go in the water. The algae blooms, you can't recover from the algae blooms. When you take out the sharks, it is like the wolves in Yellowstone. The, the trophic cascade effect is that they eat the grouper, which eat the parrotfish, which eat the which eat the algae. And if without them, they, the algae just starts exploding. The algae blocks the kelp, which is making our oxygen. So it's literally blocking it from the sunlight, from it getting out. And it makes the water's acidic. So you can't swim in it. Life can't survive in it. It's just like when you take sharks out of the water, everything starts to turn to acid. And right. we're not going to go in the water. I mean, look what's happening in Mexico with Saragossa, you know, beautiful beaches in Tulum. I'm not saying it's because there's no shark, but they are killing all of their sharks. Like we're messing up the ecosystem by take and, and it's like for what you know what i mean i remember when they killed whales it was for whale fat for oil and it's captain paul watson who said that it was really it wasn't because people felt bad for whales it was kerosene that saved the whales because people had another way to get oil but there really is no there's no reason to have a shark out of the water none it's just someone's getting rich off of it so i i know that it's disturbing but i also wanted to make a movie that people would say, don't watch it. It's too tough. I wanted people to be a little bit afraid to watch yeah, it. Of course. I didn't want to make a movie going, Hey, watch this. It feels good. It's tough. It's like, this is awful. And if we're going to deal with it, let's deal with it. Let's be adults. Let's not be children about it and go, Oh, this offends me. It's like, this is awful, but I'm putting it out there just because I'm not going to not show it. This is what's happening. I don't want the PG version of this movie. I don't think it's effective. I think it has to be burned in your brain for people to never forget it to go, it's like that one image you see of an animal as a kid or like a dog getting strangled, getting choked. And there's something we've all seen where you like walk by that one house with a person and their dog tied up in the thing and it just upset you so much. Like you have to see that stuff in order to, uh, you know, I want people to take action and write their reps and go, you know, why are we doing this? I want people to go into health food stores and going, why are you selling shark pills? Can you not sell that? I want people to go FedEx and going, why are you shipping shark? I want people to 
actually go, wait a minute, all I have to do is say something. That's all I have to do is say something. Literally, and this can stop if we just say something. And then, and they want us to feel stupid. They want us to say, oh, you're a crazy liberal or, oh, you're a crazy this, you're a crazy that. Stay in your lane. That I hear a lot. Stay in your lane. It's like well, the ocean, right. the planet is all of our lane. That's yeah. what they want to say. Like, you can't let people, they're very threatened. There's a lot of money at stake here. And when you start speaking out against it, people are going to really attack you because you're changing their way of life. But we just all have to say, like, this is for our future. This is for the future of our children. Like, kids love sharks and we want them to be able to grow up with them and have healthy oceans and have oxygen. Like, that's not such a crazy request. Yeah, right, right, right. It's interesting, too, because I, I, I flashed back to uh, Cannibal Holocaust a couple times. Uh, where you saw those scenes because it was a very cannibal holocaust well, I used the music moment here and there that's right yes i saw that in the credits i used the music in in the boston shark tournament we had nathan Barr, who's done all my, my composer my, my films wrote a beautiful cue but we contacted riz ortolani the composer his family and we asked him for permission and we did we got it at the last minute we showed them the documentary and they gave us like special permission to use it i was like what else could i do that's a nod to my horror roots, <laughs> everybody knows I made the Green Inferno. Everybody knows I love Rogero Diodato and Cannibal Holocaust, which is, by the way, the worst animal killing ever in a movie. Terrible. It's a hard I just rewatched it a couple of weeks oh, ago. Oh, God, it's, it's brutal. And yet, it's still an amazing film. I, I condone that, but I still watch the movie. And it's interesting talking about Ruggiero and his time and what that, what that was like. But I use that music because I was like, there is no other music. That, for me, it's just like this haunting sort of beautiful kind of otherworldly mm -hmm. sound. I love that cue from Resort Tulani and I used it of them. It's like, this is, yeah, this is modern day cannibal. As shocked as people were by cannibal Holocaust, they should be, it's like, we're still doing it. Even more you shocked, think the yeah. animal killing it. You think the animal killing cannibal Holocaust was bad. Well, it's happening in your hometown right now. And all these restaurants are sponsoring it and they're doing it as a family event in a public dock. So you might want to say something. The last three documentaries I've watched, out of pure coincidence, was Kid 90, Soleil Moon Fry's movie. Mm -hmm. We've seen this really good. The Loneliest Whale, Josh Zeman, and then Eli Roth, Finn. All of them have one thing in, in common. They're all produced or executive produced by Leonardo DiCaprio, which just blew my mind because I had no idea until I watched all three. It's DiCaprio, it's DiCaprio, it's DiCaprio. What was his involvement in Finn and how uh, closely did you work with him, if at all? Well, very closely. Leo really, he really is an amazing person. You know, I mean, as you know, the, the whole thing of him being an activist and environmentalist, like his passion is real. He's as real as it gets. Like he's a very rare person. I mean, I've been in Hollywood 20 years now and I've met pretty much everybody. And there's a very short list of people that are that level of fame that are that good hearted and that conscientious and that like actually caring and put their money where their mouth is and raise the money for the environment and really do it. And he cares, like he really cares about animals. He cares about the planet. And he has a company called Appian Way and Philip Watson and Jennifer Davison who run his documentary division. You know, he's like, if you saw Sea of Shadows, like Leo is, is amazing because his name opens doors. He has a deal at Apple and Nat Geo where he can get documentaries. Like once DiCaprio is involved, everyone pays attention to it in a different way. And he really kind of brings that level. You know that it's serious, that it's real, that it's like real science involved. And he, he genuinely, like he for 17 years has been wanting to make a movie about sharks. And, you know, we both, you know, met through a mutual friend um, and we sort of had the Quentin connection and other things, but we really kind of bonded over shark diving and our love of sharks and everyone saying, oh, you're crazy. You're going in the water with those sharks. But he's been in the water for years with sharks and he's wanted to make a movie. 
And I showed him, I have VR footage of the, the shark kill tournament in Boston. And I put him in the headset and he got so upset. And he's like, whatever you need, whatever you need. And I said, you know, if you come on to exec produce the doc with me, everyone will pay attention in a different way. And also people, you know, Nina Dobrev came on board and she's a massive, massive fan base and Michael Muller, the photographer. And once we had Leo involved, everyone just sort of pays attention to it in a different way. He watched the edits. He watched the cuts. He had fantastic notes. You know, he really, and he was really impressed. He's like, you really did it. He's like, you went into Africa on one of those shark fishing boats into incredibly dangerous situations. And you got in the water with the sharks to show how intelligent and curious and shy and smart they are. Like how it's, it's like, you really did it. Like you didn't just narrate a movie. You didn't mm-hmm. just collect some footage. You didn't just go to one trip. Like you went all over the world. So, you know, everyone, none of us did this. Like everyone's doing this for charity. We're all like doing, you know, our day job is he's a movie star and I'll make direct my movies, but, <laughs> right. we, but our passion is this. And you know, what's great is when you are in a position where you can use whatever Hollywood weight or clout you have to get funding and to get the message out there, you know, that's, that's what's really satisfying. And so Leo, you know, and then he puts it on his Instagram and has 50 million people. So when Leo, you know, when Leo puts it out there, people really pay attention to it. In the same way that Nina Dobrev has 25 million followers, but they're completely different from Leo's. And they're all suddenly waking up. They're not, they're like, oh my God, Nina, they'll, they'll watch it because Nina's involved. And Nina was incredible too. She loves sharks with a passion. She's been acting on Vampire Diaries, but it just started, launched a production company. This is one of her first productions. And, you know, Nina being involved really, really got incredible attention to it. And Nina's watching the edits and she's making her notes. I mean, I basically made an open project. I wasn't like, this is my thing. I'm the director. It was like, everybody, we need help. Who can help us? Who do you know? Okay, let me call that person. Oh, oh, you know Ocean Ramsey? Ocean, film yourself for an interview for me. Great, got it. Can I have that footage of you diving with the shark? Thanks. Okay, yeah, you just send it by we transfer. All right, it's in the edit. Like It was literally that kind of a movie of us just making phone calls, asking, okay, what footage do you have? Can we have that footage? Like, oh, great, Sea Shepherd's on, Wild Days on. I basically made an open project for anyone who wanted to participate. So I'd love to continue it. I'd love to continue it with the series. I'd love to do follow-ups, following this around. Like, this issue isn't going away, and I don't want... I want the people that are still making money off the death of sharks to know that I'm not stopping, that this is the beginning of something that Finn will lay the groundwork and that it's not like there'll be a Finn two, Finn three, Finn four. Like I will do as many documentaries and as many short pieces, as many follow-ups as it takes until there's a critical mass of other people doing it and realizing that we have to put a stop to this. So for me, Finn is, is, is strangely just the beginning. It's, it's, I always wanted to make a shark movie. Like I want to make Jaws four, I know five, or I want to make the Meg. I want to make a shark movie. Meg, and the Meg, yeah. the Meg. And like, I wound up making a shark movie just completely not the way I thought. It's like the way you became a rock star. Like you always want to be a rock star, <laughs> but you went by way of wrestling through fake band that turned into real yeah. band <laughs> that became bestseller through like, you know, the way you got there, it's just not in the way you expected, but it's of course the only way. It could have happened because it's like, you know, I've certainly admired everything you've done, Chris, and writing the books and recording the albums and wrestling and your podcast. And you're such a, you're so interested in the world and in other people and in ideas and, and in learning and changing and evolving. And you've, and what I loved about everything you do is you do it with such a great sense of humor that it's like all done with like a great sense of like self-awareness and a light touch. And it really makes it accessible to everyone. So I actually thought about I really thought about you while I was doing this, thinking like, I don't want to just be in the box of the guy making the horror movie. That's why I'll try acting. Right. That's why I'll try producing. Then I'm going to try making a documentary. Now I'll write a book or something. Like I just, 
it's really seeing kind of what you've done has been really, uh, really admirable, but also really inspiring. So in a strange way, the way you've just kind of continually done your thing and constantly surprised everybody. And when you think you're at your level that people aren't going to doubt you and yet then they still do. And then the list of Jared, they still you know, do, yeah. they still do. And it's like with me, they're like, they're done. They're done. I mean, the amount of people like, you know, Netflix rejected the movie, Amazon rejected the movie, Apple rejected the movie. They're like, we don't want your documentary. Sundance rejected it. And then Discovery Plus wow. is like, are you kidding me? This is amazing. And then people went out and they're like, we love it. We love it. We love it. Now it seems like a no brainer. But all those other companies were like, we're not doing this. They all, they all passed on the movie. All of them. Discovery loved it. Right? Discovery's, like, well, Discovery's the only home because it started there and it finished there. But yeah, but it's amazing. You think of people like, well, why isn't it on Netflix? Why isn't it on Amazon? Why is it on Apple? Why is it on Nachia? I'll tell you why. They all rejected the movie. All of them. <laughs> Netflix said, we have Seaspiracy. We don't want you. You or Leo? Nah. Nachia? Well, we have Valerie Taylor's movie. Nah. Amazon? It's not for us. Maybe because Amazon sells 300 different types of shark products. I don't know. Right. Or maybe they didn't <laughs> like it. Or maybe their boss was like, no, 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 no. Don't, we don't want you anything that talks about shark. Yeah, no sniffing around. I, yeah. I have no idea. I have no idea. Or maybe they just hated it. But Discovery was like, we want this for our streaming service, Discovery Plus. And everyone's like, well, I don't have it. Well, if you really want to see it, you can probably sign up for the seven-day free trial and then just cancel if you yeah. don't want it. Like, it's, it's four bucks a month. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's like a cup of coffee. So the truth is, it's like, if you really want, I, I love that it's on Discovery because it's hitting the right people. The people that are watching it are the people that love sharks. It's the Shark Week fans. And I kind of like that it's a little bit harder to find, that it's not so easy to get to, that everyone's talking about it. And you can't just turn on Netflix and watch it. You got to go to Discovery. And yeah, maybe you have to sign up for it for a week and maybe you might like it. So Discovery has been an amazing partner. You know, I'm really, really thankful that it's that, that the movie landed there. But it's interesting that even at our level, people are still going to doubt you and reject you and go, no way. Absolutely. I mentioned it earlier on, the Herzog kind of connection. Let's talk about some of the more dangerous moments in the movie. Or there's actually, there's two that I really want to discuss. Uh, first of all, is when you're going to China and going into the fin, fin shops and nobody will let you film. And then finally somebody lets you film. Just talk about that flow because I found it very strange that there was such a reaction to a camera into a shop that has thousands of these dried up shark fins for sale. They know. They know the end is coming. And in fact, one of the guys, the guy that hits us, Gary Stokes is incredible. He was with Sea Shepherd. Now he's- He was awesome. He's the best. Now he's, he's, he's in Hong Kong now. He is, oh, you can follow him at Oceans Asia or Gary Stokes Photo. Total badass. And he's been in the Winglock District, in Winglock Street, in the Shenwan District of Hong Kong. And he's like, I'm going to take you to the traders. He's like, all the sharks in the world are killed. And then they go to the traders and they're sold within this three block radius. And you just see bags, like the way you'd walk by a laundromat and see bags and bags of laundry and it's just shark fin, it's just dead shark in there. I mean, they had great whites, they had tiger, all the stuff you're not supposed to sell. And by the way, who can tell what they are? That's the point is I go, what is this? Right. And the guy's like, that's a tiger shark, that's a tiger shark. And then the other guy comes, that's hammerhead. And they're all endangered. CITES is like the, the Convention for International Trade and Endangered Species. But they're all supposed, you're not supposed to trade it or you can land it. It's the problem is that it's all such bullshit. Like, Basically, they have these rules to try and protect endangered trade, but none of it really works because 1% of the shipping containers are tested. And then we saw like, basically, I would go into the stores and they just see a camera and I did a hidden camera on my shirt and I act like a tourist and I start taking a picture and they go, no photo, no photo. And then they come out and they start like hitting your camera. And it's like, you yeah. know, an old, you know, Chinese, but you're not going to hit back. You just go, oh, okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. But we're like, hmm, why are they? 
And the best is like one guy just starts shutting the metal door. And we're like, I'm like, do you yeah. want to talk to anyone on camera? We're like, wow. <laughs> and they, they literally will see you and push the button and shut the, the metal gate, the steel gate. So you can't even look in the window. They, they shut down for the day because they're so afraid of cameras. And in fact, the one guy who like hits Gary, like really punches him. He's like, don't touch me. Don't they, like, we called him Mr. We called him Mr. Happy. Gary's like, you're going to love this guy. Cause this guy goes extra crazy. So as soon as we step, he goes, no, no, no. Then we saw his whole thing. So he, yesterday I got a sign that said he's going out of business. So what oh, was nice. crazy is we go into one store and the guy lets us film and he starts going, those are hammerheads, all these endangered sharks. And then the other guy, another guy comes in. And he's going, no, 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 that's all blue shark, all blue shark, which is the one you're allowed to trade, which is still threatened and endangered. It doesn't make it any better. That's a blue shark. So then I, I go, this guy's from the head. He's the president of the Shark Traders Association. And I was like, that's the guy who came in. And I go, how did he know? He's like, every other store owner is like, there's a guy in there with oh, camera. Wow. They tip him off. And the guy got right over there to start saying, no, 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 these are endangered. And, and so I asked him, we're like, well, does that guy want to sit down for an interview? And, and he said, yes. So I sat down with him and I was like, and he bought us lunch. Like, I was like, I'm not going to come at you going, how that, uh, I was like, I just need to understand how is this going to survive? There's nothing left. And they're like, do you know what China eats? You know what happens to the 99% of the pig's feet and chicken feet in the world that goes to China? Cause we eat it all the food that you don't want in America. And I was like, okay, I get it. I get it. I get your point. I understand. What are you going to do when they're gone? And they're like, well, it's not a problem. There's plenty of them. And they go, if we eat this, we take the sharks out, there'll be more fish because sharks eat all the fish, which is not true. Sharks eat once a month. Like, <laughs> so, stupid. so stupid. I was like, it's like a Dr. Seuss drawing. I was like, right. that's not true. And then they go, and I go, well, what about the other products? Like, they go, well, if we stop finning, it was, they'd still get killed anyways because of the liver oil and the meat and the other things. And And I just was like, I, at least when they sat down with me on camera and I said, why would they, I asked Gary, I was like, why would they do that? Gary's been there for five years. They've never talked to him. That's the first time he ever spoke to them and they know about him. And he goes, well, they want their side of the story out there. And I was like, that's fair. I, I want to make a movie that puts their side out there. I don't want it to be, I mean, it is the movies already one-sided enough. I want to know when you ask these people, like, what are you going to do when they're gone? There's just the total denial that there's a problem. They're like, it's fine. There's nothing wrong, but they, and then one guy, the guy looked at me, he goes, I saw you on Shark Week. I know exactly who you are. I was like, wow. Oh. Like, the shark <laughs> traders are watching Shark Week. Right. <laughs> they know. So the writing's on the wall. And what's, what's great is hopefully, I mean, look, Hong Kong has its own problems right now. Um, but if people are in Hong Kong and they go to Wing Luxury, if everyone just goes there with cameras and starts filming these people, I mean, really, basically, we can put them on camera, but the only way this stops is if people stop buying. If the fin becomes worthless because no one wants to buy it, that's the only way this ends. They'll stop killing them. The, the fishermen don't care. It's not personal against sharks. They're just like, oh, the fins sell. But if the fins didn't sell, they would fish something else. So China has so many people, though, a billion people, whatever it may be. There's going to have to be a massive change in their entire culture. Like, I mean, the Jackie Chans, the Yao Mings, is that enough to kind of influence the 50 and under so that when the 60s and 70s and 80-year-olds die, then it's over? Or how, how does it end? Well, there's such a small percentage of people in China that can buy the fins. You have to be rich to buy it. can buy them. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. It's $125 a bowl. So this isn't like, that's the perception is they go, well, you're attacking their culture. It's like, you're not. This is like saying... It's like Chris, it's like ordering Cristal or Dom Perignon. You know, it's like such a tiny, tiny, tiny percentage right. of the people right. of China that are eating the shark. It's all going there. I mean, yeah, there's a billion, 1.2 billion people there. So it's a lot. But the people, most of the people in China don't eat shark 
or they don't want it. I mean, the younger people certainly, you know, anything, anyone under 40, it's like crazy to eat shark. They, they, they're very, very against mm. it, very vocal against it. It's going to take that generation convincing their parents and it's going to take the wedding, the, the hotel chains, like there are hotel chains that refuse to serve shark. And they basically, their point was, if you serve a nice lobster dish, that's good enough. It's not that people want shark. People just want to be treated nice. They want right. elegance. They want to be feel like they're special. So you can give them a really expensive mushroom dish and they'll get the same experience. That's what they actually want. It's not that they want to eat shark. They want to be told you're important and I spent a lot of right. money on you. And you can do that with a, a mushroom dish or a lobster dish. It's fine. It's like they, they don't really care about eating shark because it's a terrible ingredient. It tastes awful. It's just they're eating it out of some sort of weird social pressure because it's expensive. It's so strange. But now that we're starting to see the health effects of it, maybe they'll think twice. Another amazing moment in the movie is when you actually are – uh, you board this fishing boat that looks like it used to be an army boat and there's shots going off and there's chaos going on. It's like something out of Captain Phillips or something. Tell me about that. Well, that was a pretty crazy day of, I, I mean, I wouldn't call it reckless filmmaking or journalism, but the I knew the only way I was going to get on this boat was if we just went with cameras. And this is a boat called the Libico 2. It is a notorious poaching vessel. Um, it has been arrested before and... Sea Shepherd and the Liberian Coast Guard, with the help of Israeli special forces, they they arrested, they started arresting these poaching vessels because the US military was not doing anything helping out Liberia. So they got this boat and you couldn't tell who owned it. There's this mysterious chain of title. It's a shell company in Portugal. It's There's no flag. And then it's owned by a company in Portugal, but it's really owned by a company in Spain. They'll set up like five shell companies because it's an illegal boat and it's 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 a pirate boat. It's it's what happens is the people that are on board will get like they'll go to Africa and get these very poor fishermen and say, "Come on the boat, we'll pay you." They keep them on the boat for three years at sea, and then if the people complain and they want money, they throw them overboard and they kill them. So it actually becomes human. It's human trafficking. Wow. So the fishermen that are on the boat aren't like corrupt Spanish. It's the the only one person getting rich. Is the person who owns the boat. The captain is a French guy who's like kind of a shifty dude, but he's just there. They're all just basically making a living going out and stealing the fish, but like they're, they're sucking up the sharks. In 18 days, they could take out 60,000 sharks out of the water. So they, they've been sitting there for six months, probably 100 degrees in the port in Monrovia, Liberia. And the Sea Shepherd found out that we were making this documentary. They got involved. They said, you need to come to Liberia right now. I was editing House of the Clock in its Walls. I had done some like event in Vegas with Kate Blanchett and Jack Black. And I was like, I'll be right back. <laughs> And I got on a plane, the minister of defense, I, you can't just fly to Liberia. It was the minister of defense who brought me the letter and gave us permission to go in and he held the boat for us. So I interview him in the documentary and then we went yeah. out to the boat. I go on the, the Bob Barker, by the way, Bob Barker supports yeah. Sam and Sam Simon, who's the Simpsons producer. There's two boats, Bob Barker and the Sam Simon. So we're on the Bob Barker and we get on the boat, we take the cameras and we just go to the boat, which is sitting there in port. Now they're not expecting us. We're like, we're boarding your ship. The Coast Guard, the guys, machine guns, drop the line. We're boarding the ship. So we go up and they're like, go, go, go. And I start filming and the fishermen are like, what the f is this? I mean, you're looking at the toilets. You're looking at the, these abhorrent. It's like a prison. It actually is like a slave yeah. ship. It's so, it's so disgusting on that boat. And I see where they put, and Sea Shepherd had photos from when, footage from when it was active. When they got it, they got on six months earlier. So it's them killing the sharks, slicing the liver oil. 
going down this disgusting, and I look in this disgusting dungeon, and this shitty, gross oil. I'm holding this bucket. It's 120 degrees. I'm yeah. Throw up. And they're like, that's what this is for. This is what goes in moisturizer. It could become squalene. And by the way, there's a company that is doing sugar-based squalene. There's companies that do plant-based squalene. You don't need to kill a shark. It's actually much more cost-efficient to, to use plants or sugar. So I'm holding this bucket of oil, and then they go, we can get down in the freezer. Now, we're going down in the freezer, and one of the guys starts freaking out. Now, they had stabbed the special forces guys. They'd gone after them with a kitchen knife like three months earlier. And this is the first time they'd been back. And we have rifles, and there's. But if you shoot one of these people, it's it's very bad. It's an international. Right, it's you're on. killing someone in self defense, and you've provoked them by showing up on the boat with a camera. But then it's an international incident. Then the government's involved. It's like it's it's like, and people are going to get killed. And then if you shoot someone, you're outnumbered fifty to one. Like it could all go very bad. Oh yeah, quickly. Oh yeah. Easy. There's no version other than it being like a massacre. It's like it's like you know you're sitting on this gasoline can with like a torch that's burning. So we go down in the freezer as this guy starts going, I'm having a heart attack. Now, when you have a heart attack, you generally don't scream, I'm having a heart attack. This one guy goes into like a fit screaming and he starts riling up everyone else. And they're going, get the cameras off the boat. We've been here six months. Now, these are fishermen that are like, we haven't been paid. We're waiting to go out and fish. We didn't do anything wrong. You put us on your boat. So these are like slaves. These are people that are, have been like, it's victims of human trafficking that are on the boat with no money hundred oh degrees gosh. doing nothing. And now, you know, we show up with cameras filming and the guy starts going crazy and it all starts unraveling and the captain starts screaming and the special forces guys are going, and we just go quick, get the footage. And I go down underneath in the, and it's minus, you know, 150 degrees in that freezer already. And like 10 seconds, I'm, I'm like bone chilling. And I was like, I could, if they, if they close that thing, we'll die down here. I mean, so we're filming right. and there's dead hammerheads and dead manta rays, like all this illegal, you know, endangered sharks dead. And then we're like, we have to get the hell. We're like, we got to get off the boat right now because a riot's going to break out. We, we had, but then there's no ladders or anything. I'm like, it's all icy. My hands are sticking. We have to like climb up. And like, it's like this sort of panicked rush to get off the boat before the fishermen start going crazy and the guys with the guns. And we were all just, and everyone's trying to keep it cool. Like, calm down. We're leaving. It's okay. We'll take care of it. But, you know. You have these people that are so angry that they've been held for six months with no money that they're all suddenly you become the focal point of their rage. And how can you, I mean, who can blame them? You know, you can't, you're not unsympathetic to them. They're not evil. They don't, they don't know what they're, what they're getting into. They don't know that this is, you know, they're part of some illegal activity. They're just, they're from the, they're like the poorest people in the world that are just trying to make a living. And, you know, I was, you know, thankfully we got off the boat without incident and we got the footage, but that was one of those days. I was just like, I didn't tell anyone. Even until the movie came out, I didn't tell anyone I did that because I didn't want, first of all, I didn't want people knowing I was making a documentary about this because then you show up with a camera. That's how I could get into the fishing tournament in New Bedford, all these gotcha. places. I was like, hey, I'm just doing a thing about fish. And, and I didn't tell them who I was. They would sort of recognize me, but this is not the guy from the Glorious Back. Like, is that Eli Roth? No, that's the, he couldn't be. That guy just looks like him. You know, why would he be here? Why would yeah, he be exactly. here? So I, I would get a lot of footage that way. But now people are seeing the movie and they're like, my parents were just like, I can't believe you did. Like, we can't believe you did that. Like, you really. I couldn't either. Yeah, but we got it. But we got lucky. We got lucky for everyone. How does that make you feel uh, as a filmmaker? Obviously, as a person, it's terrifying. Deep down inside there, you're thinking, this is going to be great. Or are you thinking like, the film, let me just get the hell out of here. I, I, there's a part of me that, you know, when you're getting the footage of like going to Africa and there's drone shots of the Bob Barker and the Labico 2, you're in, and you in the boat in slow motion going, this is going to be awesome. As soon as that happens, I think... This could be that moment like Twilight Zone 
like, like I pushed it too far. Like I took a film crew here. There was a moment of grieving for where our raft almost flipped. And I thought I almost just killed seven people. Like we were, we were like on the river going home and there was a, like a huge storm and we were like terrified holding onto the boat. On Green Inferno? On Green Inferno. And I thought we're, we could all die. Like this is no joke. Like this thing goes over. Right. There's no rescue. There's no helicopters. There's no nothing. The current's way too strong. We'll all get sucked in the river. There's no recovering from this. And I had that And moment. that's on you. And that's on that's me. That's on you. It's the head, right? Yeah. Entire, and then in, completely here, I really thought, what am I trying to do? Like I want to save sharks, but I don't want to anyone to get killed in the process of making the movie. So, you know, it was a harrowing moment. There's, there's just a moment where you sit there and you think, have I pushed this too far or is this right on the edge? And as soon as we got out of it, I was, you know, really, really thankful that we got that footage. But, you know, it's like when you're in the water with it, I felt safer in the water, diving with tiger sharks, touching the tiger shark, moving the tiger shark, feeding the sharks. And I was fine with all of that. But being on that boat, I thought these poor people, someone, you know, someone could get killed. Someone's going to get shot. And that's on me. And, and this wouldn't have happened if I hadn't shown up and provoked everyone with a camera. Now that we made it out, you know, obviously I'm happy we did because it's, you know, it's a terrible situation that people are finally made aware of. Last few questions for you. Um, and this has been amazing. So if you want to do Finn two and three, et cetera, is it going to be harder to make the film now that people know that Eli Roth is out to get the shark fin industry? I think it's, uh, I, my feeling is that it'll be easier. I think there's, a, there, there's so many people that have contacted me going, how can I help? You know, I think you take a different angle that if you're going to go to the tournaments, I would like to see the lead up to the shark. I wouldn't show up at a shark tournament. I'd go to the sponsors two months before and the mayor three months before and the town hall meetings and try to get everyone to ask them, why are we doing this? Talk to the local fishermen, try to get everyone's opinion about can we put a stop to this before the tournament happens? I'd want to ask Reggie Domingo what has happened since Finn. What what's going? Let's go back to the village in Los Frailes. There's you know Los Frailes in Mexico where there's poor fishermen where the guy beat the shark and killed you know the pregnant shark. The beach next door, Cabo Pulmo, flipped to dive tourism and now makes you know hundreds and thousands of dollars in ecotourism and it's sustainable and it's evergreen. That's literally the beach next door. So can we flip? In the show, can we help Los Frailes flip to being a fishing village to a dive tourism village, which is follow Shark Girl Madison, who's going in Indonesia with the shark fishermen yeah. and starting to take people on shark dives. Follow Ocean Ramsey. Like, I would want to put a positive spin, but basically go with Gary Stokes in Asia. There's so many people who have seen the movie that want to help now that I think we'd actually have, you know, it's not just like, why is he like making a movie about sharks? It's, oh, look what Finn did. I want to be part of the change. So I think that the, the element of surprise is gone. But I do think that with the, the power of the, the movie behind it, I think a lot more people are going to want to get involved and be vocal and try and help solve the problem. And it's not like it's completely gone, too, because it's a big world. I mean, I'm thinking to like Borat and, and uh, when Sasha Baron Cohen was doing that, and then he switched over to Bruno. Like there was a lot of people who still didn't know what you know, Borat was. So yeah. I think there's still a lot of places you could go that would have no idea who Eli Roth is because there is such a huge kind of, like you said, global conspiracy behind this whole I mean, industry. Also, I don't have to be the one with the camera. Like you can go, I right. mean, we had, you know, Paul Hilton was a photographer. We used a lot of his footage. We had an interview that he did that didn't make the movie, but Paul Hilton in Surabaya was in getting a lot of the stuff where you have like the bulldozers dumping the sharks. And the, the footage that he got is just, it's unbelievable. So, what we would do is is have different people in different parts of the world around the globe 
going and doing the work and doing the interviews, you know, we'd right. have like, I, you know, I'd call it Sharkos or something where it's like Narcos, where you have people around, <laughs> the goal is to, have, to track people around the world that are doing it and what's the progress and who are the politicians that are on our side and who are the politicians that are blocking it, which companies are pro, you know, helping save sharks and which companies are like, screw it, they're a good ingredient. So it's, it's kind of keeping those people on notice and I, you can't use the element of surprise anymore, nor would I. But I think that, you know, having a show that puts constant pressure on the trade and constantly raises awareness is something I'd really love to do. Yeah. Something I'm looking at now. Last two questions. What is the scene that leaves the lasting impression in your mind when you're talking about Finn or maybe your favorite scene or something along those lines? Probably my favorite scene was when I was in Boston and uh, I was at the Shark Kill tournament and the guy was bragging about how we use circle hooks and they're so safe and they pop right out of the shark's stomach. And then they pull up a Mako and the Lisa from Noah slices up the Mako goes, this is entirely infected. And she cuts open and she's like, there's a foreign object inside the shark's stomach. This thing's going to slowly die. And then we cut it open. And what is it? It's a circle hook. And, and I look at the guy and I go, so what kind of circle is that? And he goes, uh, it's a circle hook. And I go, is that the one that you said the one pops out, right? Is that the same one? He goes, uh, uh, uh. and I, I mean, I just, it's like he ran his mouth. And then it was like, God, it was amazing. It was like to have, it's that's when you feel like the universe is looking out for you. It's just like, here's this guy talking about how sharks don't get hurt because we use a circle hook. They pull up this beautiful poor Mako shark, slice it open, and its, it's stomach is rotting because of a circle hook. I was like, God sent me that shark to film it. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I was like, there's someone in the universe that's like, here you go. And I said, you know what? This one Mako shark. This one Mako shark will not go to it's like your death will not be in vain. I remember thinking this shark was sent to me from some divine spirit saying, here you go. This is the moment. Mm. You couldn't have planned it more perfectly. This guy literally says it. The shark shows up. It's killed and bites completely infected and inedible from the circle hook. And he's on camera just with absolutely no explanation yeah, whatsoever. Yeah. I was like that. That to me was like one of those divine moments that you, makes the whole movie worth it. And then, yeah, and then being on that boat, that moment we were in that freezer when the guy started having the heart attack and we had to we had to get the hell out of there. That one walk of climbing out of the freezer from the freezer to the thing with all the fishermen screaming. And then we it's almost like we had to like, we couldn't even put the cameras, we couldn't even film them. Like we had to like actually like hold the cameras away. Like it was, it was really, it was tense, but you know, we got it. Yeah, you got it though, yeah. And last question for you, do you think there's a chance that this can can be abolished? Like you mentioned, save the whales and the whales kind of absolutely, left alone. Absolutely. I think the, the shark industry wants you to feel helpless. The shark, and it's really not. I mean, it completely can be reversed, but it only can be reversed if we really all stop the trade and we stop the trade by stop buying it. Don't buy the shark pills. Don't buy the shark meat. Look at your products and see if it has squalene, if that has shark liver oil. Demand. Tweet the companies. Post them on Facebook. Demand that they use plant-based squalene. And then go to finthemovie.com. I put a button right at the top saying, write your rep. It's a letter you copy and paste, drop down menu. Who's your, what's your zip code? There's your rep. That's, that's the only way we can do it. It's basically the simplest way to do it. But if we can ban the shark fin trade and then start going after the pills and then start, you know, if you go into Publix, you know, Publix in Florida sells shark meat. And if you see that meat, wow. has that fake label, like dogfish or rock salmon or one of those weird labels, go, right. what is that? Go into your supermarket film it and say, is that shark? And then have it go, has it been tested for mercury? 32 times the amount of allowable mercury and go, how can you sell this? And talk to the managers and please don't sell this. These are endangered and it's dangerous for humans to eat. So 
there absolutely is a chance, but we need that blackfish moment where everyone goes, okay, enough. This is insane. We got to shut it down. I'm one voice and I can only point out what I saw and what I learned and what is going to happen, what we all see coming. But the public has to really decide, yeah, this is crazy. There's no reason for shark to be out of the water. We, we got to stop this. Well, once again, you did it, man. You, all your films are great. Uh, this one is great for different reasons in a different way. And, uh, it was awesome to watch and awesome to talk to you about it, dude. Thanks, Chris. You're the best, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks. The, the Tom Hanks of Talk is Jericho. It's actually been six times. Like, wow. Not just five. Unbelievable. Six times. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Talk to you later.